just a bloke in a bar. Go and watch the the NRL grand final. Oh, the whole game oh, you're going. That's elite. Going. What the yeah. fuck is happening? Like Broncos yeah. are done. Broncos are. Panthers are done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like fucking hell. Yeah, fuck. Wasn't that grand final just an advertisement for the game? It had everything. It had like shocking errors that you're like, what the fuck's going on there? But then it had incredible defense. Had everything. Like it had like Fisher Harris and Leota. It had Fisher Harris and Leota doing something that, you know, have we seen two front row pairings in a grand final ever do something like that? Mm. You know, go against the origin front rowers and go toe-to-toe with them and, and beat them. And, you know, obviously Payne has still played incredible. Flegler still played incredible. But somehow, someway, Leota and Fisher still played better mm. as a p- partnership. Yeah. Like, then you go to the halves and you go, Cleary had his moment. Like, regardless of what happens in origin with Cleary, you're sitting there going, okay, so the argument is he's not a big game player. It's like, what is bigger than a grand Well, final? that's gone now. That's gone. Yeah. So you have to ask yourself with the origin situation, how much of it is his fault? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, how much of it is the fact that he hasn't had his moment in origin yet? Is it age or is it not his fault? Like, mm. has, has he been hindered by players around him or systems around him? You know, or maybe he hasn't just played well in origin. But to say he can't do it in big games, it's yeah. done. It's over. Dead. It, it's funny. The origin things, it's quite funny to think about because if you want to say last year, 2022, he didn't step up. Sure. No one in New, New South Wales did. 2021... They won the series by record margin, and he he killed it. And then before that, it was like nineteen. So like, but that's the thing. He got injured this year, and I've said it on the podcast before. In two thousand and twenty-one, it was everyone else that got that victory. Exactly. It was Latrell. It was Tom Travojevic. It was Tedesco. But when they don't win, yeah, it's all clear his fault. So it's either or. You either say that he had that incredible series in two thousand twenty-one and led like he's the number seven. Yeah. Latrell and Tommy Asenis. Like, yeah, I know. So he, they had the record margin win as the seven, but he, he's, he didn't play well. He played poorly, apparently. But then, and it's all his, so he's, it's not his fault that that happened. But then when he plays solidly, because no one can say clearly he plays poorly in origin. That's ridiculous. No. But then when he plays solidly in a loss, it's all his fault. Exactly. So you have to make him wind up. It's either one or the other. It's either they have those record wins and clearly did really well to steer him to it. And then he then he played poorly, and it was his fault. Or, you know what I mean? That, no, I I, you, I totally agree. But people, it's just not going to happen until he does it. Well, it's just they're just they're being like I know it's everyone's opinion. Yeah. But then you're using a different standard for each time. For sure. You know what I mean? You're saying basically you're going okay when this suits my argument, it's not Cleary that got the victory. It's Latrell. It's Tom. It's Teddy. Yeah. And then. When they lose, I want a reason to say Cleary isn't a big game player. So I'm going to – it already suits what I want to say. So Cleary's the reason exactly. why we didn't win the series. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and that – again, that all can be true. Like you can say Cleary was a huge reason they had the record win 2021. And you can say he also hadn't, hasn't played really well um, in origin. Yeah. But you can't say that he hasn't had good origin games. You can, you can agree to all that. You can say, okay, you can go, all right, let's, let's land somewhere in the middle and go, he has played good at Origin. He has won three, he's won three series. Yep. Uh, but you can also say, we're talking about Nathan Cleary. So we're not comparing him to normal Origin players. We're trying to see what is he like compared to Joey, mm. compared to Freddie, compared to Lockie, Thurston, Cronk, Smith, Slater. 
that's when you can say he hasn't had that moment yet. But the problem is, is people conflate that. They conflate he hasn't had his Joey moment with his shit at Origin, which yeah, is nonsense. Yeah, exactly. There's a fucking universe between those two <laughs> statements. But everyone just goes, oh, yeah, he, he, he hasn't dominate, like, dominated like Joey, so he's not good at Origin. Mm. It's like, hang on a sec. And, all, and again, we go back to it. I've said on the podcast, ad nauseum for three or four years. The guy, is, he's been <laughs> – everything we've achieved so far – He's done it whilst he's 20, up to 24, 24 years old. 24, yeah, 24, 25. Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, he's got so long to have those moments. Yeah, like, yeah. Jo- think about Joey. Like, as you say all the time, Joey's biggest origin moment was in his final series, 2005. Joey himself mm. says his best series is, I think, 2003 or 2002, around around there. So, like, what, what Joey's moment and Joey's... Well, does Joey say 2005 wasn't his best series? Nah, Joey says 2002, 2003. He, he says that was the best series I played the whole way through. Maybe it's because he played all three games. Mm. I can't remember which one it was. Whatever one we want. But that's what he... Yeah, he said it on... It might have been an episode of Immortal Behaviour. Um, Fuck, I want to go back and watch that now because holy moly. Yeah. Did you go and watch it? Yeah, I'll The series it. that he's talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, Is, as soon, as Do you soon agree as you or disagree? It, it's hard when you just look at highlights. Mm. But, yeah, true, um, true. Especially the seven. Yeah, but... Isn't that crazy that that's what Joey reckons? Isn't, isn't Cleary in just such a strange space right mm. now that we've never seen before? Mm. Like, I'm trying to think, have we ever seen a half at this age in the modern era essentially achieve everything and he is only getting better? It's, it's scary, pretty much. Because, you know, okay, let's just look at Thurston's career. Obviously, first come off the bench, won that with the Bulldogs, won the yep. grand final. Then he goes up to North Queensland. They make a grand final, doesn't win. Ten years later, he goes and wins his premiership. Yep. Has all the Dally M wins in that. By the time Thurston was 25, he hadn't won three premierships and three mm. origin series and a World Cup. <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's actually nuts. It's nuts. And four grand finals. Yeah. And so he is just in this really – he's in this when – you, when you say the, your only enemy is yourself or the only person that can stop you is yourself, sometimes that's a bit like true to a degree, but it's not all the way true. Like other things can stop you, like, yeah. you know – um, selection decisions, you know, whatever. Whereas Nathan Cleary is truly in the situation where the only thing stopping him from essentially whatever he wants is injury mm. and and like a poor decision, but that would be him making poor decisions. Yeah. Outside of that, he should probably win at least two more premierships, at least sure. two more. So, so we're looking at a guy that we're – aware like a lot of the i think a lot of the goats like even cam smith i I reckon it was in his later years that we all agreed oh he's a goat oh for sure whereas like early on you would still say he's the best nine probably a goat but it was like i don't think he was appreciated as much i remember i actually remember being so i can timestamp this i remember being in school so call it year 9 year 10 11 so for me that would have been 2009 2011 and the whole even though what he would have been six seven years into his career then so Pretty much clear, maybe even longer. And people were still like, yeah, but is Badiris, was Badiris better? Mm. Was, was Bedsy better than Smith? Now, obviously, years and years after that, it's un, un, like it's un. Well, I think that it's like, I agree. I think also, Cam Smith was so good that we didn't actually notice what he was doing. That's right, yeah. You know, like that's how subtle he was. Like, yeah. he, Cam Smith is so good. If you had 
a person that had never watched rugby league before, didn't know anyone's name, you you genuinely might get him to watch a few years and not even really notice. One hundred percent. Smith is the best player in the game. Yeah, because he was so subtle at you, what he did. You can't advertise rugby league through Cameron Smith highlights because anyone because it's too high level. It's too high level, but like it's so subtle. Yeah, that you don't actually if if you don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what you're looking at. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, whereas the rare air that we're in with Cleary is like, mm. everyone knows that he essentially is going to be a go. Yeah. Again, unless something happens where... And, and like all the arguments that try to get peppered into him. So like you're even starting to hear people say, oh yeah, but he's got a gun side. And I, I mean, again, it wasn't gun. <laughs> when he was at Penrith and be, began his you know um, trajectory yeah. four years ago, he was the only origin player in the side. Yeah. You know, maybe Mansell had played Origin, but he wasn't a current Origin player. Yeah. But essentially, the only current Origin player on his side. I mean, think about this. Fisher, Harrison, Leota weren't even walk-up starts for New Zealand when this all started. Mm. Now they're the leaders of New Zealand. Yeah. I would, I would love to go back and see if Fisher, Harris and Leota made in, that, in the first year when they made oh. the grand final, did they make... The Kiwi side. I'll have a look. Oh, but was it COVID year? Maybe there was no Kiwi stuff. Oh, go, yeah, go 2019. Right. Go 2019. Okay. To see if they made the Kiwi side. Because okay. again, like, so to sit here and pretend like this guy walked into a gun side, it is absolute nonsense. Mm. This side, now I'm not saying he created them as origin players at all. It's the Penrith program that did that. He obviously helped it, uh, but... He, he has been the reason, uh, sorry, a huge reason of leading them to where they are now. He didn't walk into a, a gun side. He walked into a, you know, uh, basically, I know there was one year where they were about four and then Hook got fired. So Fisher-Harris did play for New Zealand. On the edge. But he played bench, bench, lock, lock, bench, bench. And then he played his first game in the front row in 2022. There was a big gap there. Yeah. So he played, his, he played five games up until 2019, Local bench, and then played start in the front row. So when did he debut? Actually, he debuted in 2016. Yeah, he had one game in 2016. One then game. He, then he played 2018, 2018, 2018, 2019. Leota debuted in 2022. So even Fisher Harris wasn't a mainstay in the Kiwi side. So they weren't. The, they weren't. He wasn't the starting front row. Well, well, put it this way: he, he debuted in 16. He didn't get back into the side till two years later. Yep. Then he played three games and one game in 19. Yep. Yep. You know so. Again, Fisher Harris wasn't even a, a a key member of that Kiwi side. Wow, have a look at this. Just just have a look at this New Zealand team. Have a look at this New Zealand team. Roger at fullback, SJ and Benji as the halves, Cheese at hooker, Jerome Hughes on the bench, and wow. Nelson and Fisher Harris both on the bench as well. Who was their starting front row? Jesse Bromwich. Jesse Bromwich and Jared Weir Hargraves. Yeah, Fuck, what a team. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, isn't isn't that wild? Look, but what's crazy as well. We say what a team. The team led by Fisher Harris just pumped Australia, destroyed Australia. So look, look at who we just read out, yep. and not not really going close to Australia on a consistent basis. Mm. This team, this current team, led by Fisher Harris, pumped Australia by a record margin. That shows you the level that guys like Leota, Fisher Harris are on right now Absolutely. to lead the boys in the middle there. Absolutely mental, mental stuff. Um, and so yeah, like. Cleary is just in this really strange year where it's like we know we're witnessing history. Yeah. And, and very rarely with a goat, at, the, at 25 years of age, are you sitting there going, we are witnessing history. Mm. They're, they're just, I just can't think – like, mate, probably the, the closest is Freddie because he was so successful at so young. But yeah. even he – I don't think he was captain when he won his early premierships. 
He wasn't captain of Penrith. No, that was Ro- I'm pretty sure that was Royce Simmons. Yeah, and so Roosters, he would have been a bit older by that stage. So he? 2002, he would have been about 30. Yeah, 29, 30, 31. Maybe there. even 28 if we be really yeah. conservative. Yeah, yeah. So really interesting, and just this, just to watch this super, like super, super megastar. Yeah. Yeah, well, of our game. Also, Freddie was like he was playing center, he was playing lock, he was playing yep. five eight. Like clearly, he's the halfback. He's been the halfback since his debut. Yeah, it's just crazy times, crazy times watching watching this all happen. It blew my mind that um, when Maddie the other day said that Freddie was the Aussie captain at twenty five years old. That's fucking crazy. But then you wouldn't like if Cleary became Aussie captain next year, and he's well, twenty five. I think he should be. I so think it's, he should it's, be. It is kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. I actually think he should be. Because mm. I just reckon, just give him the team. Yeah, this is his team now. The way he wants to play, the direction they want to head, just fully give it to him. I agree. Um, yeah. Same for same for Blues. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's the first thing I'd be doing if I was um, Michael Maguire. Uh, we'll we'll get straight into it, Michael mm. Maguire. Um, make sure to grab a case of bloke beer, guys. Brought to you by Bloke Beer. Packer up, boys. Also, we are restocking the bloke summer shirts and singlets Monday. 6 p.m. And it is 50% off. Those shirts and everything else, but those shirts, I'm not bringing them back at full price. I'm bringing them back at 50% to make sure that everyone gets a fair crack at them. Uh, so I got so many messages asking me, hey, mate, uh, you know, they've sold out in three or four minutes. So please, guys, if you want the singlet, please be there at six yeah. o'clock um, because I don't know. They might go real quick. They might not. We don't know. They might be frigging, I, I don't know. So be there at six o'clock. Make sure that if you want them, they're still 50% off. They'll get to you before Christmas as well. So if you're looking for gifts or whatever, perfect for summer, the singlets, the shirts, everything, getting restocked, 6 p.m. Monday. After this, though, we are not restocking them. No. We are not restocking (laughs) them. Uh, So, yeah, and also the 50% off sale, it will end um, pretty soon, actually, pretty soon. So if you want to get in, make sure to get in now. We've still got a few jerseys left. We've got some DMP shirts left. We've got some cooler bags. The 50% off sale will end, and we will not be doing another one for a very, very long time, guys. So make sure to get in there. Um, And Bloke Lager, it's on special at all IGA liquor stores in New South Wales. Make sure to grab a case of Bloke beer. If you're driving in your truck right now or you're at the gym or you're going for a walk, or you're at work if you drink beer on the weekend go grab a six pack give her a try you know this is a battler beer it's a beer for battlers started by a battler that you know not some huge corporation not some huge brewery you know with with tens of millions of dollars being poured into it just by the beak it started by the beak just doing his best um just i'm just a bloke like you having a go so go in give her a try see if you like it uh and let me know if you don't like it we'll you know we we have plans eventually to bring out different beers i'm not sure whether it'll be like i better not get into it i'll be into it but we're, <laughs> we're not going to go at this stage we're not going like the full craft route or anything like that i don't think we ever well not ever i won't say ever but i don't i don't see this as a crafty beer i try to see this as like a, a mainstream beer with just a bit higher quality and maybe just a little bit more taste um, rather than being a craft beer because bloke beer is more just about the moment. For sure. It's, it's more about like you get in your hand, it's an easy drinking beer, you're with your mates, you're watching the sport. Uh, so make sure to grab a case of bloke beer. Um, now uh, let's get straight into it as we were about to talk about it. Madge officially named New South Wales coach Frank Panisi. He'll be manager. Uh, and within his coaching staff will be Matt King, Brett White, John Cartwright. Madge was quoted yesterday saying he likes to pick players who are in form. That's the key to bringing a successful team together. I'm going to make sure that everyone is in form that period going into origin because you need that. In time, the opportunities will be in front of them. The current group of players, by uh, how they go about what they do on the field. 
Um, I will say, initially, I was very lukewarm on match. Yep. Very lukewarm. I'm not. I wasn't. And when I say lukewarm, I don't say that as a negative. I mean more just like, yeah, mm. okay. You know, he's won a premiership, struggled at Tigers, but the further we get away from the Tigers appointment and the more we find out about how that club is running and everything, we go, okay, maybe Madge was fucking doing his best. And also, I to your like to your defense as well, our last three Origin coaches have been Origin legends. Yeah. Freddie, Loz and Ricky Stewart. So someone who hasn't played Origin before, you're kinda like, ooh. I haven't seen that in a while. And also, like, when he was getting talked about, he hadn't had the success for no. New Zealand yet. He'd been, yeah, like, he's been yeah. solid. Like, New Zealand had been building quite nicely, mm. but they hadn't really reached their potential yet. And, like, fairly or unfairly, even though they were really gun in that World Cup semi-final last year, they did get knocked down in the semi. So you just <laughs> kind of, like, they didn't really succeed last year, even though they got really, really close in that semi. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you're right. So I was kind of like, yeah, decent. I can, you know, it might work, it might not work. He'll bring a hard edge. Uh, but the closer I get to it and the more I hear him talk, I'm like, you know what, maybe – and, and one key, uh, I guess, because I watched the press conference. Yep. And so Bulldog, uh, is it Richie? Yeah, Dean Richie. Dean Richie. So he asked Magic a question and then Magic said something like, oh, you've, you know, you've had quite a few opinions on the way I coach. So, like, I'm aware you've got a lot of opinions on the way I coach or something, which I actually really – he said it to let – Dean Ritchie know mm. that he had been he'd read it or he'd been aware of it. Yep. But I think also I like the way he handled it because it okay, so there was a little dig by saying that, but at the same time he didn't suck about it. Yeah. He just spoke to him like I think he was speaking to him like we have a disagreement about certain things, but I understand that's your role, this is my role and and whatever. And what I liked about it, because this has might been my criticism outside looking in, is that sometimes I feel like He's a bit too hard-edged. Yep. Um, and, and I don't say – and when I say hard-edged, it's kind of like in a very less extreme circumstance, the Justin Langer situation with the Australian side. You can get results that way, but how, I guess, sustainable is that? Mm. Now, I don't think Madge is that bad at all. I think Madge is nowhere near that bad. But – so when I say hard-edged, I don't mean go soft on the boys and, like, don't train hard, mm. don't do heaps of contact – you know, don't do heaps of wrestle. I just mean creating an environment where – they're not walking around on eggshells, but they're just edgy. Yeah. Uh, and so that that was kind of the feel I got sometimes when I was looking at the Tigers. They didn't. They seemed edgy and unhappy um, because they were worried about things so much. And and look, that's really. It seems it's a bit unfair for me to say because I don't know what happens in in that West Tigers environment. And that could have been created by people above Madge, and Madge could have been the actual one shielding the boys mm. from feeling like that. So I don't. That was just the kind of criticism because. Regardless of all that, we do know Michael McGuire at Clubland is a real hard-edged coach. Yep. Like, we know that to be true. Do we know it to be true that that's the reason why the Tigers didn't go well? No, we don't. Anyway, so Bulldog asked a question of, you know, your coaching style. Will it, has it changed or whatever? And Madge said basically like, look, like I get, I get what you're saying because I'm sure he hears that criticism a little bit. Yeah. And he said, to be honest, and you're probably not going to believe me, but I'll actually be – I'm more relaxed in the – rep environment because of the quality of player that I get in right. the rep environment. Yep. And that's when I went, okay, that that's really interesting. That's really interesting. So I like the fact that he's self-aware enough to know that he is a hard-edge coach, but also aware he, he seems to have been progressing as a coach to understand that the tippity-top don't need that hard-edge. Yep. Whereas – and then he spoke more about it. He said the difference in clubland is you're dealing with different standards of players – 
So you you you've got to be a bit harder edge because you might you know young fellas coming through. You need to harden them up. Whereas when you get to rep level, there's no need. Like these boys mm. are the cream of the crop. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, oh, like that 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 does excite me for New South Wales that. Um, He's really aware of his shortcomings. Well, not his shortcomings, but just the way he coaches. Mm. What do you think of the press conference? Yeah, I imagine press conference. Obviously, he coached South mm. back in from 2012 up until about, I think it was 2016, 2017. One thing I always saw, Madge, with press conferences is you never, it was never, because you're right, he has this perception of being this hard edge, blah, 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 which obviously worked at South for the first half. And they're not the second they're half. They're not the second half. Because, again, and just for, like, look, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion, but the the understa- my understanding of what happened to the Rabbitohs mm. was he was super hard-edged, won the premiership, tried to keep that hard edge, yep. and all the boys just completely fatigued. Yeah. That's my understanding. Yeah. Get, yeah, me too. But it's funny, like, when you're just an outsider looking in, which obviously, as a South fan, I was back then, I was always very surprised to hear how hard-edged he was whilst they were winning. Because his press conferences, I reckon he's one of the best speakers in press conferences mm. I've ever seen. Mm. Like he, he's so smart and he knows exactly what he wants to say and how he wants to say it. I've only ever seen him like blow up in a press conference. I was like, when you're, when you're a team, a fan of a team and you've just been dudded by the refs, the first mm. thing, well, the first thing I do is <laughs> I go to the press conference. And I'm like, sweet. I want to hear how our coach just bl- blast the refs. Never. Never, yeah. even though he probably did privately. Like he's, he's just, I've only ever seen him blow up once and that was on camera's debut. Yeah. He just, yeah, press conference. When, when I listened to that press conference yesterday, like nothing surprised me. Like, all right, he's, he gets it. He's on top of everything. Yeah. I, I really, yeah, I, I'm excited for, for Madge. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, it's going to be really, and we've seen him work with the New Zealand side. Yep. And although they, before the weekend, they hadn't done anything great, but sorry, before when they beat Australia 30 nil. They'd still been, I felt, progressing really well. For sure. I, I actually felt like they were, you know, the World Cup Grand Final, sorry, the World Cup, Rugby League World Cup is in England. And surprise, surprise, England's on the other side of the draw mm. to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Just a coincidence, guys, just a coincidence. And I think that kind of clouded our judgment of how they went in that 100% tournament. 100% it was. Imagine if that was the final. We won by, it wasn't, it was 14-12 or something. It was a close epic game. And it was a, there was some uh, controversial calls that happened. Yep. Now, to be fair, a few games before, um, BG nearly beat them, uh, beat the New Zealand side. Um, and to be fair, in that Australian-New Zealand side, there were decisions made by Madge that we disagreed with. It was the Chiefs' yep. decision to play him for long minutes. Yep. So it's not like it's perfect. No. But... New Zealand didn't play poorly under him. In like they didn't have, sorry, they didn't have a really poor result that I can remember under him. Where I was like, that's just un- like not good enough. Mm. Um, and and I think the World Cup campaign, the fact that they got dot, like bounced out in the semi, makes it look worse than it really was. Totally. Because if they look, if they're on the other side of the comp, uh, on the side draw, they they probably make the World Cup grand final. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably. Now we don't know that. Yeah. But I, I'd assume so. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. I forgot about how they put us on the same side. That was our... Yeah, just, a, just a coincidence. Just coincidence yeah. yeah. That, that England happened to be on the side. Yeah. And, you know, that's what made the Samoa uh, win so great. Yeah. Because as a Samoan or a Tongan or any team on that side, you're basically getting told... Exactly. Guys, we're, we're getting put on the side where, you know... Yeah, we're the easy side. Exactly. 
where we can make our way to a grand final and hopefully do something great. Mm. Now, look, I apologise if it was pure happenstance <laughs> that Australia New Zealand happened on the, you know, I apologise, but it just looked a bit strange at all, is all. Um, anyway, so, look, yeah, the, the only thing I think that is, I, I would love to know, and this is going to sound so silly, but like the enjoyment of the camp getting the boys to have a little bit of fun. Mm. How's that going to happen? Because that's the balance you've got to strike between revving them up for the game of their lives, but also making sure that the, the week is enjoyable. And I think that Billy so far, and we have to remember guys, Billy is in the same spot that Brad Fittler was in. The exact spot in 2020. Exact spot. Yep. So let's not pretend it's a foregone conclusion that Billy's just going to rock up in fucking town New South Wales for the next five years. It is absolutely not a foregone conclusion. Correct. And no one would know that more than Billy Slater. Correct. Um, anyway, and but I think that that's the really good balance that you could see in the Queensland camp. If they balanced building up to the game of their lives, but it did look like a really fun and enjoyable um, environment. And so I think that's probably going to be Madge's biggest challenge is he can build the boys up for the game of their lives. We all know that. He's a leader of men. He's won a grand final. Yep. You know, you see how he talks, you see how passionate he is. But how can he find that bit where – because you can, you can, as an athlete, you can G yourself up and uh, – but mm. sometimes it can be too tense, yeah. too tense, and you, you're not – or you can kind of go the Wayne Bennett approach – where he G's the boys up, but yeah. you're always enjoying it. You're always in the process. Like this is the best and the boys and we're having fun. And I think that's going to be his hardest, his biggest challenge. I don't know whether he can or can't do mm -hmm. it, but I do think that's his biggest challenge isn't going to be toughness, revving the boys up. It'll be a balance between hyping the boys up yep. for the game of their lives, but also having the week of their lives. And that's where he's got to lean on a, all the assistants he's brought in mm -hmm. who've, you know, they've played Origin. B, his good mate, Laurie Daly, who's been the coach before. Mm. Like, Madge's never played Origin before. So that's they, those are the types of things he's going to have to lean on. But the good thing is, as you said, he's he's had rep teams before, this New Zealand team. So mm. hopefully he is able to take what he did from that and bring it to this. I know I, it is different. I, was, I will say, one one thing he did say in the press conference, I was like, and look, I'm being super nitpicky here, <laughs> but he but he said exactly that. Look, I've coached New Zealand and, mm -hmm. and so, because I said, do you understand, like, has anyone spoken to you about how big the, you know, moment is or whatever? He said, oh, look, I've obviously coached club and I've coached, coached rep footy and I, and I was like, it's not the same. No. It's not, it's nowhere near the, the pressure that New, New South Wales, Queensland, um, and again, it's, I'm being super nitpicky. Like, Madge will be able to handle it, but I don't think it's the same as... Um, like, put it this way. If you ask Mal Meninga, the scrutiny of coaching Australia, is it the, the same as coaching Queensland? I think he... Look, I don't know what he'd say, but outside looking in, mm. it looks like the scrutiny of the Queensland and New South Wales coach is bigger. I would tend to agree. 100%. Like, who, got, who got more scrutiny? Freddie Fittler <laughs> or New Zealand? Uh, Michael Maguire... Both were losing series and games. Who got more scrutiny, Brad Fittler or Mal Meninga? Who Mal Meninga just got pumped. Yeah, no one's even said a word. Yeah, so he gets punted. Yeah, well, so yeah, Origin is a like crazy different beast. Yeah, um, but you know what? Like as a person that, as I said, I there, I outside looking in, I do have certain uh, the questions are becoming less, I guess, less strong. Whereas like whilst he was at the coat uh, the Tigers, I was quite ah. Oh, there's certain things I disagree with the way he does things. Now, those questions I feel like, oh, actually, maybe I was wrong about that and it was more about the higher-ups of Tigers. Um, I'm actually happy for Michael Maguire. 
Oh, mate. Like, I'm actually too. really happy for him. The amount of times I used to watch the Tigers and you know, they'd shoot up to the coach's box mm. and you just see the bloke, just fuck. You could tell he's devastated yeah. inside. And he always carried himself. And that's what I have massive respect. The, only, the, the one thing that, I, that really, I guess, surprised me was the whole Benji Marshall story that came out that he found out in the papers that he was getting. Yeah. That, I want to know more about that. Me too. Because like it was a report that basically Benji Marshall found out in the papers that he was getting moved on. He went into the office of Michael Maguire. Michael Maguire said, look, I'll let you know in 24 hours or something like that. That's the one thing I want to know what happened there. I want to know more about that as well because he doesn't seem like the guy that would shy away from a tough conversation. That's what I mean. Like that, that's so anti him. Yeah. There must be more to that. Like is there – was that a story that was leaked from someone else to try to make Madge look uh, – you know what I mean? Would that shock you? Oh, <laughs> at the Tigers? Are <laughs> the you Tigers? serious? And that's why I'm saying – a lot of the questions I had about Madge, mm. I'm starting to re-evaluate and sure. say, have I been duped by the Tigers situation? Yep. Because it's craziness over there. It's absolute craziness. Yeah, hasn't time done wonders for Madge? Oh, that's the one thing that really I was like, what? Mate, you can talk about being as tough as you want, but if you, haven't had a, if you can't sit down and have a tough conversation with a club legend... Mm. That's not tough, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And so that's what was so surprising about the situation. And so now looking back on it, I go, okay, I, I'm starting not to believe that that's the way it happened. Yeah, I'm yeah. starting to totally not believe agree. that. Totally I was, agree. Like, I cannot see Michael Maguire not being able to have a tough conversation. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't make sense. Makes zero sense, yeah. zero sense. Um, like the, the guy that has the reputation for being too tough. There's a story that Madge said it himself in his book, so this is 100% true. Mm. He brought back Lottie Takiri to South in 2014. So Lottie came back oh, in, about, yeah, in about January. South played Canberra. I'm going to say around three or four. I'm going to say around four. Played terrible. It was 2014, the premiership year. Madge walked up to Lottie Takiri after the game. He hadn't even sat down yet and was like, we're going with someone else next week. Like he's not afraid yeah. to have that type of conversation. Now Lottie ended up being in that grand final team. So it all worked out in the end. So it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have Madge written yeah, over it at not, all. Not adding up. And it just shows you how damaging a potential false story can be. For sure. Because it changes your opinion of people. Yeah. Um, and we're all, so we're all guilty of, you know, maybe just fucking taking the bait. For sure. Um, so I'm actually really happy for Madge. I really am. I think it's great for him. And I, I would love to see him we always talk about players taking time to develop and look you know i feel it feels like condescending for me to say this because i'm like who the f <laughs> who am i to say a guy that's achieved way more in the game is developing mm. but it, it, the fact of the matter is is coaches never get the same grace usually as players to develop yeah i think ricky stewart's a perfect example of a guy that has just gotten so much better as a coach as the years have gone by and I think Michael Maguire might be that as well. Yeah. I think he might be that as well. What are your thoughts on um, Frank Panisi? Yeah, like that's a that's an interesting one because it's it's hard to say whether it's this, you know, it's going to be great or just good or just – look, what we do know is going to be good. Yes. Because he's one of the best in the business. Yep. But what's going to be interesting is, is that Origin doesn't give you the same time and I guess – I'll just say time – to lay down foundations to build over long periods of time. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd assume for Panisi, because he's never done New South Wales. To my knowledge, I don't, he hasn't. Certainly when I was, was there, he wasn't So this there. is a, almost a new challenge for him. Yeah. So you couldn't, you can't really, like for example, let's say, Just you know, Panisi wants to bring a player to the club or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, or he, or what's, what's his role going to be at, 
I'd say we what Peter Parr was. <clears throat> like, and what's major. what's his role for the listeners? What's his role at the Storm? He's a, just the ma- manager of Storm, general manager of Melbourne. General manager of Storm. So he, yeah. he'd have his basically what it is. He's like kind of hands in everything. I, I'd assume. Now this is all assumptions, but for example, let's say you're a general manager at the Storm. You can decide to keep players because you go, okay, he may not be at the space we need him to be right now, but in a few years, if we put him, if we, you know, for example, you get a young gun and you go, okay, you know what? He's probably ready to play NRL, but it's not good for his development. So we're going to keep him in reserve grade for another year or two because we'll get the benefits in four or five years Mm. because we delayed his, you know, progression. Whereas Origin... You, you don't have the grace of going, okay, we'll choose this guy because he's going to be good at origin next year. Yeah, exactly. Every yeah. single origin you need to win. You can't really be picking players. Like you can to a degree, but it has to be so measured that kind of like what Queensland do where they go, okay, we've got this young superstar. We're not going to start him. He's not going to take a starting position, but we'll put him at 14 and we'll play him out of position, but we'll protect him with guns around him. And, mm. and Queensland do that really well. Whereas, you know, and it's, it's a fine balance because sometimes it doesn't work for Queensland. It doesn't work all 100%. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he changes that, that without that grace period and also without the longevity that he's built at the Storm, yeah. how he's going to be able to juggle that act of putting in good systems in place to set New South Wales up for dominance in the future, mm. but also understanding that they need to win now, like mm. literally now. Yeah, yeah, so true. I guess as well, like, I think... Because he's so elite at what he does, Frank Panisi has been there for mm. years. Madge has worked with him before, obviously at Melbourne. It would have been, it obviously was a Madge pick. Mm. Probably was the first person he picked, Frank Panisi. So yeah. because he's so elite, it's been like how Peter Parr, when he came to Origin in 2018, obviously Freddie gets all the credit and deserves it 100%. And so mm. does the coaching staff. But Peter mm. Parr definitely played his role as well. The, the, the way the camp was, the difference between 2017 and 2018 was night and day. Yeah. So because Frank's, such an elite operator, Madge trusts him, and it's such an elite high-performance environment. Mm. Maybe maybe he's just there for his like complete professionalism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's going to be good no matter what. Yeah. Now, and, but the question will be, will it be great? You know, and that's mm. that's what I cannot wait to see. Like, you could look at like a guy like Craig Bellamy. You would assume he'd go into Origin and absolutely exactly. kill it. Yeah. But it's just you just don't know for sure because it, it is so different. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon New South New South Rugby League would have been licking their lips when they heard that? New Zealand Rugby League didn't want Madge anymore because there's no way Madge, I know it's a five-month contract, there's no way Madge isn't, hasn't started work now. Like, oh, yeah. This isn't, sure. this isn't part-time for Madge. This is going to be his. Yeah, it's not part-time. Yeah. Um, I reckon they probably already had an agreement. I, right. I can't see Madge walking away from the Kiwi job unless he had a, an agreement with New South Wales ready to go. Yep. There's just no way. Why would you do it? Exactly, I mean, yeah. why would you give up something you've built so well for you? It's not even agreed to yet with New South Wales. Mm. Um, to be honest, as a, if you're a New South Wales fan, the fact that he's not working for the Kiwis is a massive win for I'm you. Being very selfish, but yeah, selfishly. No, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, you know, because now he is all in. I, this I still don't agree with his five month contracts. It's ridiculous. It, it is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's it makes no sense to me. That origin is getting bigger and bigger, (laughs) yet you are are putting less resources into it. And like the only people that this benefits, in my opinion, is the executives that get to say, guys, we want an origin. And guess what? We only paid half a year. They're the only people. Mm. Because what I don't get is this. is like origin is like probably generates, I don't know, let's just say it. 
100 million dollars yeah let's just random number what's an extra couple hundred thousand dollars oh i know for a full-time head coach to go out and drum up passion for the jersey and be what you know working with all the 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 younger fellas coming through whereas like if you're madge even though he is so dedicated he'll probably still do it full time but in reality he should go all right boom origin all right feet up done for sure yeah like, that's what he should do he won't because he's so committed exactly it just, and if he wins next year i reckon there's no way he doesn't go in that office and go boom 12 months next year that that just proves my point yeah so if he wins, all of a sudden he's yeah. got a three-year deal and it's a yeah. full-time deal. Yeah. So so it's like, okay, you're you're hedging your bets here. It's because it's yeah, almost true. like, you know, if we lose, oh, well, it's because we had a part-time contract. But it's like, hang on a sec, you're the ones that put the part-time contract in there. Yeah. It is the most bizarre thing I've Ridiculous. ever heard. It is, is so bizarre to save a couple hundred thousand dollars yep. that, again, as I said, the only people that this benefits is the executives to be able to go in with their report at the end of the year and say, we saved two or three hundred thousand dollars, and let's say we'll go even bigger. We saved four hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and we won Origin. Like, does anyone in the state care about that? No, no, no one, one cares about that except for the people that have a job in that position, yeah. and they get to say, "I'm mad at my job." Yeah, it's like, you, you, it's like, yeah, okay, you're mad at your job for literally one year. Because yeah. guess what? Next year. You've got him, you've signed, it's a one-year deal, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's one-year deal. Let's, yeah. Well, it, like, even if it's a two-year deal, yeah. let's say he goes and wins two two origins, he's not going to come in and go, yeah, let's go part-time yeah, again. Yeah, 100%. You know, it is the most bizarre, I don't understand it. I, and that maybe this is another example of we need more information. So happy to be proven wrong that there's like more to this. Yeah. But in no world is, is a part-time contract as a New South Wales coach make any sense no. to me. Yeah, agree. Like, yeah. it makes no sense just oh, I, yeah oh my god it's it is to put this in perspective we are talking about the biggest sporting event in the country yep the biggest sporting event in the country now we might have asha series that every now and then we'll get a bit more viewing or whatever but consistently mm. it's the biggest sporting event in the country yep and we're we're due, the the head coach so the leader of it of one of the is part-time yeah it blows my mind. It blo blows my mind for a couple hundred grand. Yeah. Because like, what other reason is there? Well, that's that's all. That's all it would be. Like, what benefit do you gain by making part time other than to save money? Mm. Makes no sense. Anyway, so look, let's stay positive here um, and happy to be wrong. Apologize if we're wrong and there's more to it, but sounds very bizarre to me. Uh, I guess talk about you know his words saying he's going to pick on form. And he kind of alluded to being a clean shape, a clean slate. He yep. basically said, "Oh, um, basically he said, oh, that's the benefit. You know, I'm, I'm new, or it's." He just implied there was a clean slate. Yeah, it's going to be interesting heading into next year. I mean, the, the positive that New South Wales have, and they have it every single year, is they don't struggle for informed players. No, the, the New South Welshman, mm. like Queensland, actually do struggle with that sometimes, where sure. they they don't have enough informed players where you can just guarantee a spot um whereas yeah there is absolutely uh, no shortage of informed players and i think the key is is not necessarily inform and loyalty and all that kind of stuff the key is is picking a style of play and a game plan yep. very early on and selecting around the game plan yeah so as you said given the keys to <coughs> cleary mm. he's a halfback which he will be yep giving the captaincy if that's what he wants and saying 
we're doing this around you. Yeah, this is the way we're playing. We're going to, for example, a key position. And Teddy may come and, and get the jersey back. That could be fine. But a key position at fullback. Do we want a ball-playing fullback or do we want a running fullback? Mm. Do we want a defensive centre or do we want attacking weapon? Do we want a really mobile front row? You know what I mean? Like yeah. all of these decisions need to be made early rather than – because like it's all well and good to pick people in form, but do they suit a game plan? Exactly. Because And that's the key dif- – not difference, but the, the way Queensland pick, they do pick on form, but they also pick on game plan. For sure. Because how many times have you seen an out-of-form Queensland to be picked – and they come in and kill it. Yeah. It's because they've been picked to do a very specific job. Yeah, and it wasn't more obvious than game one this year, where Queensland, they picked 17 players for that role. For New South Wales, they kind of looked like people were getting in each other's way. Plus, you had Nicky Hines on the bench, which we weren't sure what he was going to do. Mm. The, the, the differences was very, very obvious. Billy Slater had a style of play that he wanted to play, and he was picking players specifically for that. Yeah. Whereas I do feel like sometimes it's a curse having all these players in form for New South Wales because it makes this even harder because you're like, oh. Like, for example, the Nico Hines situation. Yep. He was playing so well, Dally M, all that stuff. So it's like, all right, well, he's just so good, let's put him on the bench. And so that's where, like, people that got, try to say that Billy, uh, that Freddie Fittler only picked on loyalty is just not true. It's, yeah, it's he may, actually so made true. mistakes picking on form when he should have picked on game plan. Mm. And Nico Hines, like, it was unfair on him to just bring him on the bench and put him in the centres. Um <laughs> You know, another one is the cookie moving to center. Like that was, you know, that wasn't part of the game plan. What was the, like, whereas I just don't think, so I think the key is, is there shouldn't be any loyalty for one, because it's a new, it's a new, it's a fresh start. Yep. Whereas like with Queensland, you could say there could be a little bit of loyalty because they're, even though I don't think um, Slater will do that, because he's kind of already said, I picked the best to win this game. Yep. But yeah, it has to be a selection process headed towards a specific game plan. Um, and so you might have a guy in a position that's playing a little bit better. So let's say you've got this guy. He's in the centres. We'll just use centres as an example. He's scoring tries for fun, tries this, killing it. But his defence is just okay. And then you've got another guy who is not really doing anything in attack, but he's the best defensive centre in the comp. You have to make the tough call of going, is the game plan to have a defensive centre on that edge? It is. Okay, we select a guy that's in a little bit less form, but he specifically suits the game plan. Yep. That's what Wayne Bennett used to do so well. He would pick exactly the player that fit what he needed on that specific side. And I think that's what Madge needs to do heading in next year. Yeah. And considering that he just picked a New Zealand team that beat Australia 30 nil. Charles Nickel at fullback. There you go. And we praised it. We said it was a great decision. You know, Joey Manu is a substantially better player. Yep. Then Chance. Love Chance and, you know, it's not like Chance is still a great bloody player. And so many coaches would have gone, oh, Joe Mann, he won the golden boot at fullback. I mean, even Madge put him at fullback last year. Yeah. But Madge progressed as a uh, coach and said, you know what? Even though Joey Mani was outstanding, it just didn't suit the game plan that we're after. Puts Joey in the centres, puts Chance at fullback, they kill it. And so there's another example of, Picking a guy that, like, Chance isn't on Joey's level. He's not in his form, anything like that. But picking a guy that is playing to a game plan that you want to play. Yep. I think he, and I, th- I think that Madge will do that. So, sure. yeah, I cannot wait. It's never too early to talk about Origin. Never no, too early. we've been talking about it for The brutal it. truth <laughs> is, guys, this is the brutal truth. It is never too early to talk about Origin. It is never too early. I mean, we could – let's start talking about 2025 Origin. Yeah, look at that camera. That camera. Yep. <laughs> it is never too early <laughs> – 
to talk about Origin. Let's, you know what? I want a predicted 17 for 2025, 26, and 27 <laughs> uh, because another great announcement is Brutal Truth have a promotion in Coles right now up until the 5th of December, which is next Tuesday. They've got three products on sale, the Brutal Truth Facial Cleanser, the Brutal Truth uh, Shower Gel, and the Brutal Truth Deodorant Spray Antiperspirant. In this online deal, you can buy two of these products for just 15 bucks. Holy heckers. Uh, the products are $12 and $13 by themselves, so it's a great deal. So two products for 15 bucks. The link will be in the show notes. It's an online deal only. Okay, so this special is online only. So hit the link, guys. Um, it's an online deal only, or uh, it goes to what? Hit the link. It's an online deal only. So head at the Coles, oh, head to the Coles website and get your discounted Brutal Truth products right now. So we'll have a link in the pro, uh, in the podcast notes, in the YouTube notes, uh, and also we'll probably put something up in the story as well. Two products for fifteen dollars. That's absolute outrage. Yep. Perfect for Christmas. Make sure to get it, guys. Um, really, really good products. And I facial cleanse every day. I facial. I never used to. Mm. I never used to. I facial cleanse every day. And obviously, I put on antiperspirants. Like Jesus, if <laughs> well, you don't, you're an absolute you have to do that. <laughs> Neanderthal. You're an absolute Neanderthal. Massive shout out to Brutal Truth for being a partner of Bloke uh, Podcasts. And uh, yeah, support people that support us, guys. So hit that link in below. Fifteen bucks for two products. That is an absolute bargain. Um, now, reports are Luai could be released early. Um, Brandy, Greg Alexander has said this is just a made-up story. Yep. Jeez, this is getting weird. This is getting super weird um, because, you know, and they spoke about it on SEN, uh, Brandy and, and Vossi, but, like, why would Panthers swap Luai for Clemmer? Yeah, no, like, that, like I really like Clem as a player or whatever, but they don't need front rowers. What? Yeah, the, I mean, I guess they want to throw in a and a young a young, young bloke as well. But like again, mm. what do the, the Panthers don't need anyone? Mm. Like unless you're unless you're swapping for like, like even the, the problem is is like even their their young their juniors. Like for example, let's say okay, we're going to swap for the under 19s New South Wales half. It's like, but even their juniors are essentially yeah, on that exactly. level anyway. The Panthers are in too strong of a. <laughs> Position. They've just won three comps. They got the biggest juniors in the NRL. They don't need to be doing this kind of stuff. Well, it's like okay, what position? Maybe a, a hectic back rower, but you've got you've got uh, Sorensen. Yeah, and you've Liam got Liam Martin, Martin. You've got Hoskins. Hosking. You've got um, Garner. Yep. It's like yeah, it's bizarre. I, I can't see him getting Penrith are way too ruthless. The only way I see him getting released is if relationships has fully broken down like and, and that's what i mean that's that's the only thing that's i haven't even considered the thought that luai would be gone next year but because of the the comments from the ceo and the comments from cleary now the clear is that that was taken a bit out of context but he, st he still said well it's still he didn't need to give the interview no that's yeah. a good point and yeah. he didn't need to talk about it but and there's there's just enough noise that you think is it becoming well, untenable enough <clears throat> if i was Lua, i would be a bit upset i would be there oh i would be 100 percent upset because i would be like look fair enough if we internally yeah we're disagreeing and, and all this kind of stuff but it's like you just don't have to give these interviews like no. you guys get called all the time for interviews and you barely ever see interviews from these guys yeah and then for this specific you finally do an interview and you're saying things like oh i've heard he's got 1.4 million oh if he wants to be a seven it's not proven but yeah sweet yeah it's just like as Luai, you'd be like, that's just unfair, boys. Like, well, imagine if I came out and said something. Imagine mm. if Luai came out and said, this is what's happening, guys. Yeah. That, the club would lose it. Yeah. So it's just like, 
So maybe there is a bit of unrest there. I mean, they, the, he did put a post up in his Instagram after that. It clearly, yeah, the know, no, the chat. no worth. Yeah. So maybe he is in a situation where Law is like, you know what? How how can I put my body on the line for a club yeah. that is like, it feels like we're disconnected in where we're trying to head here. It's, it is pretty, especially <clears throat> he's the five eighth in a team that's just gone back to back to back. Like you'd you'd feel a bit let down. I reckon it just look at the end of the day, and as I said, I I think that. Luai is one of the lucky ones because he sacrificed most likely on unders, but he got something in return for it, which is three premierships. Yeah. But there are so many other players that sacrifice, they don't get that reward. And, you know, people that think, okay, well, he sacrificed, he got those premierships, so he got something in return. The club got something in return too. Mm. Like, he helped win those premierships. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like they just did him this favour and said, oh, here's three premierships. Yeah, you can't even, you can't even put a dollar <laughs> price on how much that was worth to the Panthers as a club. So, look, I get both parties, man. I totally, like, Luai is in the right here. Um, Luai's in the right. 100% in the right. No doubt. He, he has every right to be doing what he's doing and blah, blah, blah. Um, but when you talk about the Panthers have a job, their job is for the club to win as many comps as possible, is for the fans to be as happy as possible, and they're doing that yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Now, along the way... People are going to get hurt, and that's just the price of greatness, unfortunately, that, mm. you know, people get hurt along the way. And, and you you wish there could be a world where you could achieve that greatness without all this extra stuff, but unfortunately, business just does this, you know. But I don't understand why they can't just let him go in 2025 without saying all those things. Well, they, it's because fans, the Penrith fans love Jerome Law. Mm. So the Penrith, as a brand, you have to understand Penrith – is a brand and a club. So the CEO's job is to make that brand as valuable as possible. And if half the fans are sitting there going, you dogged our boy and you only offered him this massive low ball so that he wouldn't stay and he won his premierships, that's your customer angry at you. Mm. So for example, with bloke, imagine I came out and I did something and half my customer base hated me for it. Mm. That'd be the dumbest decision ever because yeah, yeah. they're going to stop supporting the platform. Yeah. So... You know I got a great example. So a few years ago, Eminem came out and said something about Donald Trump. Oh yeah, and that's mo that's it was apparently he's, he was the most liked person on Facebook ever, and I think he lost about it would have been fifteen something million people in a couple. Yeah, he of even days. came out in a rap a, a couple of years after, and he said like he regretted yep. the way he said it, yep. and, and he shouldn't have been. He should have understood where these people were yeah, coming he, from. He, and he, he's, his words were like, I regret splitting my fan base into yeah. thirds. So, yeah, so the Penrith Panthers, and like, it's a little bit different because, you know, he's not lying to any, like he's not, you know, whatever. But the Penrith Panthers, of course, they, they their number one priority above all else is Penrith Panthers as a business and as a club. Everything underneath that, like, you know, your work as good as you can with the players and all that kind of stuff, but... It just is what it is, man. You're never going to get away from it when money's involved. Money, the strange thing about sport is that we expect players to be loyal like that because you're representing the people. You're representing something bigger than just a business. But that's what's weird is you're mixing business with representation of a people. Mm. Whereas a company, it's just purely business. So if, I'm in, if I work for bloke and I get offered a bigger contract somewhere else, 
outside looking in people and, and let's say let's say you got offered a oh it's a little bit different because people know you but normal company mm. you're a ceo of a random company then you get off this huge offer somewhere else you go to that other company and you go yeah i've got a massive offer no one bats an eyelid yeah they're like yeah of course you'll work you're that's why you work to get paid as much as you can exactly whereas league or sport in general it's this weird mix between loyalty and business where players get frowned upon if they if like put it this way let's say a player took a team to a premiership then took a massive contract somewhere else came out and said um got a massive contract somewhere else like so i took the money i'm trying yeah. to get paid here i'm yeah. trying to make money this is work yeah there would be a lot of people who go oh i love his honesty but there would be oh. a bunch of people going how disloyal and it's more than just a game which is understandable because it is more than just a game and that's where this like really strange relationship with sport and i mean it's what makes it so special too for sure without that buy-in from the fans it doesn't exist but it just it creates this environment where you don't know what's re- what is really right or wrong. Like, mm. are the Panthers really wrong for putting the club first in ten years' time when yeah, they're still true. on top and the fans are loving them and the 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 club's bigger than it's ever been? And some young guy when he's twelve, he was thinking about going to the Broncos, but he comes to the Panthers instead and they win more comps because of the club always putting the club first. Is anyone to look back and? go oh this guy got treated poorly or this guy got treated like no one isn't so it's like again Penrith are a business Jerome's a human being yep Jerome wouldn't see himself as a business he'd see himself as a person a brother a friend a father that's the hard thing that's the hard thing for sure and it'll never get solved no it'll never get solved it's always been the way like an article came out today about Paul Siren and how he got a million dollar offer to go to the Sharks in the 90s, but then at the last minute he couldn't do it because he wanted to be loyal. And that it's 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 been happening forever and it's going to happen forever. Mate, I went to rugby union because <laughs> I, I couldn't, I didn't want to play for any other club than the Broncos. After they'd stuffed me around multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, that's that's the difference. And, and it is, it's this really strange environment because the people that run the clubs are usually 40, 50, 60 years old. But their clients or their staff, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, the oldest average age, you know, on, a, on average is like 28, 29. Yeah. So you're dealing with young men, especially like from 18 to 25, which is probably where the bulk of the players are. These are young men that are still got a lot of um, very idealistic, uh, you know, getting a bit deeper, but like, for, hundred, for thousands of years, 16 to 25-year-old men were going off to war together. Yeah. So it was all about loyalty, brotherhood, fucking to the death, anything for the brothers. Whereas the the, the people that sent them to war, the mm. 50 and 60-year-olds, they don't need to worry about shit. Mm. They're, they're older. They're, they're less idealistic. They're more pragmatic, more logical. Um, and that's, that is this, it's, it's a strange relationship with player managers and players. M- most of these player managers get these guys when they're like, 16 years old and so you've got a 16 year old you know with the consent of the parents usually but yep. then when they turn 18 you get an 18 year old young player being you know play being managed by a 45 year old 50 year old man and so or woman but 50 year old man so this 50 year old he knows all the tricks in the books he's fully seasoned he knows everything this 18 year old's like oh put it this way <coughs> you ask most young guys the player managers, it feels like you work for them. Mm. And that because you're brought up to always respect your elders' seniority. It's changing a little bit these days, but when I was. So because he's an older man, you just go, you immediately, you know, you immediately accede 
what's a what's the word? Immediately, immediately, I don't know, a seed or whatever the word is. I yeah. fucking forget the word. But you grant him the like he's authority. Yes. You 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 grant your sorry you cede him authority. That's yep. the word. Uh, because he's an older guy, and that's the strange relationship. When in reality, the manager works for you. Mm. He well. Okay, you can even go. Let's. I'll be super, super um, gen, uh, generous. It's a partnership. At the very least, it's a partnership. Whereas most guys feel like you're you're working for them, and they tell you, you know, oh, you should do this and you should do that. When it's really should be the other way around. Um, and I'm. This is not just you know bag player managers and go on like. Yeah. They're not all the same. Some are good. Some are bad. It's like anything in life. But it is a weird relationship where you've got clubs run by elder, you know, elderly men and women, fifty, sixty, whatever and young men that are super idealistic, you know, money isn't as important to them with that age as well because they're young, most probably don't have families. They're, they're thinking, oh, I've got all this time to make it. So it's just a, it, it'll always be like this. For sure, yeah, it'll never fix itself. It, it'll <laughs> never fix itself. And I just hope Jerome, like, look, at the end of the day, Lewis won three premierships. Mm. He's about to get a massive contract. And the thing is this, is that people that may have stuffed him around or whatever, he's the one that's going to get remembered. Yeah. In 20 years' time, maybe Ivan Cleary is a little different because it's Ivan Cleary, but in 20 to 30 years' time, people will be telling their children about Jerome Law. Yes. And so it hurts now, and that loyalty thing from Jerome's uh, perspective, it's going to be like, man, I was loyal and I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that, but money can't buy the fact that your name will be remembered forever. Look at the Eels team from the 80s. Everyone remembers Sterling, Price. Candy. <clears throat> no one remembers the people that were running the, the show. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to those people. That that's I, just how I'm it sure, is. But that's just how yeah. it is. So although at right now you can feel like the business has got the better of you, it can never get the better of you because your name's in the history books. Yeah. And although there might be some extra money that you lost or whatever at, along the way, at the end of the day, a few hundred thousand dollars here or there is not going to change the way you are in 20 to 30 years. No. And at the end of the day, most of these guys earning Bitcoin – if they're f smart with their money, they should be okay. Like, they yeah. should be okay. So, yeah. I hope it doesn't get ugly. Look, <clears throat> if he does get released early, I do think it's a sign of relationships breaking down. Yes. Because I can't see Penrith releasing a gun like Luai early. Jesus. Oh, no, not not a chance. Like, for no reason. Yeah. But you're right. If, if this has become untenable, which maybe it has, maybe it has, then I can see it happening next year. <clears throat> So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, the swap for a front rower is like any front rower. And honestly, you'd have to get Payne Haas to the club <laughs> yeah, to make it worth it. You've got Fisher, Harris and Leota, best pairing in the game. Mm. You've got Lindsay Smith on the bench that's killing it. Like, yeah, I just – I can't see – even Clement, he's not the type of forward they need either. Yeah. If anything, they need a, a nuggety explosive forward like yeah. Spencer Lino. And it's not like they need experience in the pack either. Like, yeah. That pack's just won three clubs. And a better, so then you could go, okay, well, the young fella, but you've got uh, Nathan Cleary's brother coming through the grades yeah, right now. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure they've got other good halves coming through the grades. Now, maybe that might be their one spot where they're like, you know what, if we can jag the best young six yeah. coming through, that's where I could see them trading for the, the best. But he's a young seven, though, isn't he? I haven't heard much about him, but yeah, I'm not too sure. <clears throat> Look, the only, honestly, the only way I would trade him for two players, it'd be, you know, whatever player they need, but it would be for the best six in the competition. Yeah. As a junior that hasn't played NRL yet, yeah. it would be for the best, best six. Best upcomer, yeah. That's the only thing I would consider. Because then you can go, okay, we've got a 
the best chance of pairing Cleary with a gun six yep. for the next 10 years. Yep. Um, anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, Ponga has come out and said, Ponga said he was disappointed to miss out on Australian selection at the end of the year. He said, uh, I was disappointed, to be honest. Obviously, playing at the highest level is a goal of mine and always will be. But in terms of saying that, no bad blood. I wasn't disappointed at Mal. I was disappointed that I didn't make it. That team is elite. It's going to be hard to make, but hopefully I do get there. He was then asked about playing for Queensland. He said, I want to play in that arena for sure. Walsh definitely earned that jersey this year and played pretty well in it as well. I don't go into a season thinking about that. Obviously, I want to play well at a club, at club land, and hopefully that takes care of it, but I want to be there. Um, look, I can understand it. I actually would have selected Ponger or Reese Walsh over Teddy this year. Yep. Um... <clears throat> initially I would have maybe gone Walsh but I think by the end of the season I might have gone Ponga I'm not sure but now looking back on it looking back on it so if I could make with everything I know now looking back on it I would have selected Ponga at fullback yep. for Australia yep I think I agree I, I thought to me I thought that one of them was definitely going to make it I was really really shocked when neither of them made the squad yeah, it blew I was, me away when both didn't make the squad yeah. looking back I go okay maybe just a little early for Reese. Yeah, little early for Reese. I mean, look, if they selected, if Reece, they picked him, he would have been fine. Yeah, but Ponga wins a cl- uh, the Dally M, and he just freaking <laughs> absolutely killed it. Um, I think most likely it's going to be a battle between Ponga and uh, Reese Walsh next year. Oh, for that Queensland for the, for the Queensland, but obviously for Queensland, but for Australia, for Australia. Sorry, that's actually what I meant. Australia, yeah. Maybe Scotty Drinkwater. I'm I'm still a big believer in Scotty Drinkwater. Same, I really am. Same, but I just I just don't know who's going to be the fullback for New South Wales. We don't have to get into it, but yeah, yeah. If he plays Origin, then yeah, then yeah sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, love this from Ponga. I mean, jeez, oh. what an embarrassment of riches for Queensland. Like as a New South Wales fan, mm. even though they they're kind of set with Grant. And Hunt uh, mm. being the combination. But the thought of Walsh and Ponga being in that team, like that kills me. That is, oh my God. Yeah. That's scary. Man, it, it, I get, but the, the tough thing is it's like the embarrassment of riches sometimes can come back to bite you. Exactly. Because yeah. you force two players into the squad. Yeah. And they're not for the game plan. But I think Billy will be better than that. Exactly. Well, Billy's shown his cards already. Billy will be like, nah, it's one of the, I personally think it's got to be one or the other. Yeah. At the moment, with Ben Hunt and Harry Grant, exactly. the way they play with Origin and yeah. the way they play, it's like, why would you? Yeah. When, when Hunt eventually steps down or whatever, because mm. he's, he's, he's getting on, but he's still absolutely killing it. So he's not going to do it soon, you wouldn't think. Then you'd start thinking about it. And See, then I, plan. I don't think so. You don't? No, I think you go Dearden. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think Dearden will get that spot. Right. I, I, think, I think Billy will be pretty um, firm on, unless they are can out and out be at 14. Yep. Then no. <clears throat> because like KP, for sure he can be a 14, but can, is he supposed to be playing hooker? Should he be playing 13? Yeah, that's the thing. Like if you get injured, you're, you're a bit screwed, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, so you're just picking him because he's so frigging good. Yeah. And Reese Walsh can't be a 14. Oh, he could be, but it's not oh, for the I'm, game plan. If I'm going to pick him both, yeah. I'd have Walsh as my fullback. Yeah. And that's why I go, Dearden absolutely can play nine. Yep. Can cover six and seven. If you had to put him in the middle to tackle his ass off, you know he would at he thirteen. Would, he would, yep. That's I think he's the and also you're building towards taking over DCE. True, <coughs> true, true, true. But then yeah, but then what if Dearden ends up playing seven, and then you got that spot left? Would or you still you got pick that someone? Spot left. Uh, look, 
It's hard because then there could be another young forward. I know, we're, we're talking way into the future yeah. here. <laughs> oh, but I think right now, if like Harry Grant or Benny Hunt was injured, it would be Dearden at 14, I think. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yep. just because he absolutely could play hooker yep. coming half. There's no denying that. Yep. And I think he'd actually do, do quite well there. Mm. Um, Bulldogs signed Connor Tracy. Uh, like the signing for Bulldogs. A lot of people are like, oh, they're signing utilities and, you know, rah, rah. what they're signing is, is players that may not necessarily be the top tier in their position, but they are from six to ten on the on the ladder. So if you play six or tenth, yeah, they're that standard of player. Yeah, where and that is exact. The Bulldogs right now are going okay. We're not going to go out and sign a team that next year is going to take us to the premiership. We're going to assign a team that maybe makes us fight for that eight. Ninth, tenth, eleventh spot, and build into because by the time okay, let's say let's say the next year or two they build into tenth, oh eleventh, and then they get to ninth or eighth. Mm. By that time, all their juniors are ready to go. Yeah, that's what's happening right now with the Bulldogs. They're getting good, solid NRL players that are really solid, average, like solid through the middle. And when I say average NRL players, I'm not saying as an insult. I'm saying that as they're good, yeah. solid journeymen and NRL players. That lays the foundation, A, for standards. Because you know all these boys coming to the club, you know they've got good standards because mm. they're not the most talented outside of Critter, but they work their asses off. For sure. And it's preparing them for the next generation coming through. The same kind of thing happened at Penrith where they were like, you know, outside the eight, outside the eight. I think they had one year up and one year back down. And then eventually all those juniors finally came through and boom, they hit the ground running. Yep. The same plans happened in the Bulldogs, I think. Yeah. And we, you can't, we can't forget what mess there salary cap was in like they've dramatically dramatically improved their squad this year and yes they've signed as you said all those players they've also signed Stephen Crichton and that even though when they signed Critter it was an amazing amazing 10 out of 10 signing mm. but that signing is now aged even better mm. after the year that he had yeah so yeah I, I think the dogs have recruited really well and uh, look people are keep pushing for this he should play center but it's like give the bloke a chance and look yeah. I'm, I'm happy I'm happy for it to not work out and say look I thought he could play fullback. Look, not at, maybe not at the, the top, top tier level, but definitely at, I think Critter can be easily a good enough fullback for them to make top eight. I agree. Like, absolutely he can be good enough for that. And then, so what happens is, is, okay, so they get to the top eight, then the next generation of gun fullback comes through the Bulldogs, they move Critter to centre. Yep. They've got the best centre in the world, essentially. 100%. That's what will happen. And even if, like, everyone is saying, oh, put him at mm. centre. If you play centre next year and absolutely kills at the first 10 rounds, everyone's going to be like, oh, but put him at put him at fullback. Yeah, exactly. Because we're short on the fullbacks. Yeah. Give him a chance. Again, Give him a chance. He, he may not be a better fullback than centre, but you have to ask yourself, is he the best fullback for the club? Yep. Absolutely. Does he have enough natural ability to be a gun fullback? Absolutely. So on the... the top scale of everything working out, he becomes a top tier fullback. Is anyone denying Critter doesn't have the talent to be a top tier fullback? No one. Like, come on. Yeah. So if everything works out, he becomes a top tier fullback. Worst case scenario, in my opinion, well, it's not the worst case, but I think the lowest thing that's going to happen is he's going to be good enough and he's going to be the best fullback at the club to progress him up the table. And then when the next generation of fullback is ready to come in, he'll come in, Critter goes to, to centre, boom, there you go. Yep. That's that's the like obviously the worst case is he's, he's terrible and they've got to put someone else in there. Mm. I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that. So oh, we've seen what he can do. Critter, give Critter a chance, guys. Seriously, like what what other options do you have? Yeah, probably Blake Blake Taff. 
Like, like good solid player, but yeah. Critter is obviously top. You top give Critter the first crack. Absolutely, you give Critter the first crack, and and that's the thing. That's why Blake Taff is such a good signing because if Critter is terrible yeah. at fullback, boom, chuck him in the centres. Taff comes in, good solid fullback. Yeah, for sure. I'm so keen for the. I reckon <clears throat> most people are going to be mostly interested in the dogs next year, next February when they play trials because there's try picking their 17 right now. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. Um, okay. Uh, Panthers to play Wigan in a World Cup challenge in England. The game will played in Wigan against Wigan in late February next year. Man, Wigan will be ready, but I reckon Penrith. This this is almost honestly. You reckon this would be like a grand final for them? Yeah. After after what happened last year, we'll- I, I will be shocked if they aren't playing. Um, they don't have warm up matches like just scrimmages behind closed doors, what, like two weeks before this. Yeah. I honestly reckon that Ivan Cleary is treating this like basically the last thing that he needs to win and like that's the last piece of the puzzle for him yeah yeah for sure because yeah you're right they lost last year the year before the years before they didn't even play i'm pretty sure it's the last thing he's got to win and also i think that he he feels a bit embarrassed about yeah losing at home and i I also think that's why they're going over to england yeah because they want to do it over there for sure (laughs) because what would happen is if they stayed in australia Everyone would say, oh, yeah, but they came to they Australia. Came to Australia. So I reckon Penrith have gone – I reckon they probably asked to go to England yep. because they want they want to go over there and win it and go, you know, thanks for coming. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I um, agree. Yeah, I, I reckon Penrith are going to come out absolutely fucking fuming in this one. Yeah, I think it'll be – Look, no, no offence to Wigan, but there's nothing. I don't reckon there's much they can do. It's going to be full strength. Don't, don't hey, don't go too hard on this. Remember what happened to Guru last time? Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> I the last World Cup challenge, I'll never forget it. I was watching it and – I bet on Penrith, obviously, to win. And then at yeah. halftime, they were losing and they were two bucks. So I bet on them again and they lost. So <laughs> yeah, look, I know I, all about it. <laughs> I, actually, I actually think that there's a chance that the game could be close because they're still rusty. They haven't played much footy together, blah, blah, blah. But So there's a chance it can be close. I don't think it's a guarantee that it'll be a blowout. But if I had to choose right now, I think they win by two or more tries. Yep. If I had to pick right now. Yep. But I don't think like Wigan have no chance at all. Oh, no. No way. Actually, Wigan's World Cup challenge record's quite good. Yeah. So <laughs> And it's at home too. It's, it's at, at Wigan. Yeah. So I, I reckon they got a chance. I reckon they got a chance. Uh, anyway, that is us done and dusted. Don't forget, Monday 6 p.m., 50% off the uh, bloke summer shirts. They are back Monday 6 p.m. As usual, we'll go and fuck ourselves. Thank you. <laughs>